Welcome to Real Estate Unscripted, where each week we connect no-nonsense, let's-get-it-done realtors and lenders from across the country who want to grow our businesses and stay motivated with timely topics and experts in our field. I'm your host, Marjorie Adam. Let's get started. So today on the show, I am so excited to have Ashley Schumperlin. Did I say that right? Berlin, yeah. With Ashley, Ashley T, I call you because I always say that wrong, just like everyone makes me an Adams. How are you today? I'm doing great. It's an honor to be here. Thank you. I'm so happy to have you. I have known Ashley for many years and we're going to talk about, but Ashley is life coaching with Ashley. She's fantastic. She has coached me. She's trying to help me. It's a lot of work. <laughs> Could be years before we crack this nut, but we're going to talk a lot about her experience. She is uniquely qualified to talk to this group of lenders and realtors, the cray crays that tune in. So <laughs> let's talk a little bit about you. And we're going to get into some tactics to helping the lenders and realtors with getting some things done, some accountability, and how you can connect with Ashley if you think that life coaching is something you could use some help with. Ashley T, let's talk about how did you get into life coaching? Yeah, for the past eight years, I had worked at a business coaching company for realtors and lenders. So I definitely understand the unique challenges of those industries. And I helped them through different challenges in their life and was a support there. Through that, I always wanted to be in counseling. I always wanted to help people. So I was working through my master's degree there. And then I realized that I really wanted to do life coaching so that I could have more freedom and flexibility to hold people accountable and be really direct and blunt, because I think a lot of times that's what people need. They need to be called out on their BS and they need help getting to where they want to be. Yes, because you told me actually you went to what was it a legality class where you yeah. found out what you couldn't do in counseling and we're like, nope. So what did they tell you? Yeah, they said that if you give any opinions, if you share any advice, if you share any personal experiences or suggest what they can do, you'll get sued. So I knew that was not going to work out. And they also said that in counseling, about 98% of people will never change, which I was like, what? I want to see people's lives change. That's what I'm about, taking action. So life coaching was definitely the path for me. Yes, I think that's the problem. Like I've certainly been in counseling as have many and you go there because I'm looking for someone to tell me quit it or I've heard this before. Girl, don't you get tired of broken record problems? And that's actually not what's supposed to happen. So I think it's so funny because I think most people don't know that, right? I need you to like smack me upside the head and go, let's go. So you can yeah. do that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I think a lot of people, they go to counseling because they want to feel heard. Like people want to feel cared about. And these days there's not a lot of that. A lot of people are feeling really bad and they don't have anywhere to turn. So a counselor is a safe place where they can vent. But for somebody that actually wants to have a change and take action, that's a total different path. Yes, which is what we all need, because ultimately it is super important. Like I am not denouncing counseling. Counseling is very important. I think for you to work through things that have built up through your life, you have to talk about them. You have to acknowledge them. You have to work through them. This is not a bashing of counseling in any Agreed. way. But yep. I think that when we know we need that level of accountability to change. Yeah. So when we want to have action taken, right? That's yeah. the differential, right? Because yeah, you the, say things the main difference is counseling is about working through the past. If you have trauma, you have things that are holding you back from the past. Absolutely. Counseling is great. 
If you're looking to the future, if you want to change your present state and you want to achieve goals or overcome problems for the future, that's where coaching is more beneficial. Yes. I agree. Yes, girl. (laughs) All right. Now you and I talked about this, some perceptions, right? Because I will tell you years ago, I heard of life coaching and I was like, that's for rich, right? Life coaching. I have too much money. So I have my life coach. It almost seemed just for the one percenters, right? Which is completely wrong. What's the flip side of that coin? The flip side of that is for the people that are just completely desperate. Their life is in shambles. They need some kind of direction or path. It seems like people view it as this last ditch effort to get their life together, or they just really want somebody to hold their hand through life. And really, in reality, it's mainly for everyone in the middle. You got a house, you got things going, like life isn't bad but it can always be better. You can always take it to that next level. And for most people, it is the accountability that's so needed because we're just so busy. We're distracted in this day and age. Yes. We just actually did our summit on my real estate company that I work with. And they talked about all the daily distractions, right? You're just distracted. I can't remember how many hundreds of times per day with all of the social media and and your email and everything, right? So trying to stay focused, especially look, if anyone else can relate to being a squirrel, I am your queen. I am queen marketing of squirrels. One easily distracted. High D, but also have a million things I'm trying to do, right? So trying to walk in a straight line instead of the squirrel path takes some accountability, quite honestly. I'll tell you, I've worked with hundreds of lenders and realtors, and you are not alone. It is very typical. So we're like the family of lender realtor squirrels. Yes. It's so nice. We're a tribe of squirrels. So when we also talked, it was two buckets, let's call them, that come up with lenders and realtors mostly, but two big things that come up that you coach people through. And one of those is relationship problems. Yes. It's just so easy to get inundated with work. It always tends to be the priority because at least for the people that I've worked with, they're very high earners, they're high drivers. And so they put work first. The phone rings, they pick it up. And all that does is leave your family and your relationships behind. Like something that's very typical that I see is you want to treat your leads and your clients and your referral partners like gold, like true VIPs. And then your family, your spouse and your loved ones, they get left in the dust and that's how they feel. And a lot of times you're not trying to make them feel that way, but actions speak louder than words. And when you don't have good structure and boundaries in place, that's what inevitably happens. Oh, there's no doubt. Cause I think we all genuinely mean we do this for our family, right? We yeah. do it for the betterment of our kids. We do it to provide a life that we want to support them with opportunities that we want to support them with, but then we're not there. So they never see us and we're still justifying that we're doing it for them is certainly something I also laugh. And this is funny, but it, maybe it shouldn't be, but if we're all at work, I know when it's someone's spouse versus like a lender partner or someone else, because yeah, what? Uh-huh. Yep. Six o'clock. Yep. I'm like, that was your husband. And I'm the same way. Yeah. No. Where else? Oh, yes. Even if you got to stand up and smile. Where when it's our spouse, we tend to just be like, yeah, no, no time. Yep. Of course. Yeah. yeah you get the smart with them. They get the short end of the stick and everybody else you work with, they get the best version of you. I've said, I'm always going to be honest. I get home and I'm like, whoo, I've talked all day. So I think paying attention to that second real big bucket is self-care. Yeah. And that flows right into it because in order for you to have 
the energy to give to your family, you have to have not only the boundaries with like your hours and things like that with the structure, but also the self-care. You have to have good routines. Like your morning routine is so important because exercise, meditating, journaling, prayer, listening to podcasts, all of those things give you energy. And so after your workday, you need to do something else to cut work off and refill your cup. Because if you go home exhausted from the day, that's what your family's getting. But if you spend 30 minutes filling your cup back up, whether that's, again, meditation, journaling, prayer, podcast, maybe going to the driving range, hit some balls or whatever it takes to put some energy back in your cup so that you go home feeling good and your family gets that kind of energy from you. Yes. So for me, it's also like 80s or 90s music, right? Jamming out in the car to really boost up the energy. It's good to do in the morning too, right? Some theme song music. I think some of us, if we do one of the two, might have a morning routine, or at least part of one. Maybe we get to the gym. We might listen to some music on the way to work. But I think that evening go home routine, yes. we're not good at. Because I will roll into the driveway literally being like, yes, oh, hang up the phone. Because that's, that's a great time hard. to finish your calls, right? And then there's no time to deactivate from the day. Or maybe yeah. the last phone call on the way home should be a family member, right? Call a family member or a friend that jazzes you up. And then you've done two things. You've connected with someone you need to, but yet... You also have something positive before you go home. Something that I helped a lot of clients that I worked with was when you're doing a time block calendar, having your end of day, if you're leaving work at five from 4.30 to five, that needs to be an end of day wrap up or an hour if you need that. But that's to make any last phone calls, do any last emails, like communicate anything you need to with the team, anything that's usually swirling in your brain when you're on the drive home or when you're at home, you're like, oh crap, I forgot about that. That's the stuff you need to proactively do before you leave the office. And then your car ride home should be nothing work-related. Sometimes calling a friend or a family member or something can be really good and bring energy to people. Sometimes that's yeah. too much. If you've been on the phone all day and then sometimes you just feel like that's another obligation, that's not good. You have to know what is good for you and your energy and then do that. Agreed. Love it. I think that's something all of us need to do. There's no doubt. And actually, we're going to get into some tactics right now. So we definitely wanted to share some tactics with lenders, realtors. But frankly, I say that and it's anyone. We talk a lot to lenders and realtors, but anyone listening, you're people, you have the that's same fine. problem. So let's talk about a couple of tactics for them. So how about meeting and setting boundaries with work hours? I know that no realtor lender you speak with has this problem. It's not a problem. <laughs> Nope, never, not never. at all. No. So give us some hints or some tactics for that. Yeah, I'm really big on a time block calendar. I think structure, even though most people want to rebel against the structure, it's so needed. It really does provide the freedom. So what that needs to look like is you need to have a set start time and a set end time every day. And you need to really honor that. In addition, you need to have your big rocks in your calendar. So that's like your morning routine. If you need to have two hours of prospecting time, if you need to make birthday calls every day, if you need to be home at a certain time, if it's family dinner, whatever those priorities are for you, those have to be on the calendar. The one key there is that you don't want anything else on the calendar if you're not going to do it. Like there's so many people that have a ton of things blocked out on the calendar. It looks perfect. If you look at it, you're like, wow, that's a great calendar. But if you can't stick to it, 
then don't have it on there. It's distracting to the brain and it makes you not want to follow anything else on the calendar because you already know and have established within yourself that you're not going to honor it. So we ask every week for their weekly calendar blocked out. And so I'm like, this is nice. Okay. And it's on, did you do this? Nope. Did you do this? Nope. No, I never go to the gym. Nope. It's 90% of what I'm looking at, which seems like it's this false reality, right? Of like perfection that could exist. It's let's agree if it's on the calendar, right? Non-negotiables, you're going to do it. And if you're not going to do it, then either someone holds you accountable to it or get it off. Let's just be honest, because like, I will tell you being super honest, right? I always have like daily calls. Did I do them every day? I did not. I'm just being honest. And so then what it also trains your team, if you have one or your executive assistant is she's not going to do that. So I'm just going to keep putting it on here, but I know she's not going to, well, how does that help anyone? It shows I'm not getting it done, but then the person that's supposed to hold me accountable knows I'm not going to do it. And so what else do I not do? Instead of here's the day, she must follow it. My job is to make her follow it. She's got to follow, right? This is what we're committed to versus why do I keep putting this on here if you're not going to do it, right? Like, I think that's just not truth to you, but also the person holding you accountable is going to be like, that's what's funny. My person holding me accountable is taking notes. I'm in trouble right now. So, <laughs> something else is about, I'm looking at her going, uh-oh, I just obviously don't do something I just said because Bethany's there taking notes. Yikes, <laughs> Ashley, you're going to have to help me with that. But really- in 2023, the twos, I should have, we're going to stop should have on ourselves. God, I'm so glad to slide that in there, but really stop putting gym except go. And so that's the opposite. Commit to going. Don't just support the gym financially. So whatever's on that calendar, commit to it. If you're going to make phone calls, make them. If you're not, take it off. Now it's not going to help your business, but let's actually commit What's on our calendar we're going to do? Now, obviously, you and I know, especially on the realtor end, lenders too, all of a sudden something comes up. So we can move it. So what we've always said is if it has to slide, if I was supposed to make calls at 10 to 12, but now I have a million dollar listing appointment, frankly, 100,000 doesn't matter. I'll make calls two to four. They can slide it on the calendar. They can't take it off the calendar. That's a big key too. It can move, but it cannot be removed. So committing to the calendar, right? Living life by it and... One other thing I will say is for realtors, especially lenders, you guys too, but we have listing appointments. We're a lot more out versus Zoom or in. So so let's say you're my spouse, Ashley, I'm marrying you. Yay. Congratulations. But let's just say I meet with you and say, Ashley, so I'm going to have Tuesday and Thursday nights are my late nights, right? So Tuesday and Thursday nights, I'm going to take later listing appointments. We're going to stack them if we can, one at five and one at seven, but I'm committing that Monday, Wednesday, and Friday, I'm home, right? So I am home. I'm going to be home for dinner. And those are my non-negotiables, right? So I have to have a couple late nights because I think if we can meet with our family and they know here's the expectation of Tuesdays and Thursdays are late nights, but mom's home Monday, Wednesday, Friday. And then quite frank, people are like, how do you make that happen? Now you're my client and you say, I need to see you. I'm only available at five o'clock. I can do Tuesday or Thursday. You don't just say, oh, they need Monday. Did you even ask? So let's build that in as well into our calendars as these are the later nights or the earlier mornings or whatever it is. Or if it's weekends, I'm going to work Saturday, not Sunday. Let's commit to blocking this time because we do have control over that, which is next. The biggest thing we're all guilty of boundaries with our phones. Don't let my husband listen to this because I'll tell you I'm somewhat good at it and he'll be like, she ain't. (laughs) Yeah, that's a big problem. And it's not even just in this industry. It's really in the world right now. Everyone is addicted to their phones. You can do everything on them, which is great, but it can also be very detrimental. When we talk boundaries with phone, a huge thing is not starting your day by looking at your phone. 
There's a lot of science that says that the first hour of your day is so important. And when you start it by checking emails and reacting to people's text messages or phone calls to you, you start your day being reactive. And that's a trickle effect all day long. And so that's one boundary. And the other thing is the amount of time that you want to be on it. So you want to be present with your family. And I know we all do. So there's things like focus times that you can set up. So you can do that, whether you're trying to do that during the workday on power hours or when you're at home with your family. For a lot of people, they're like, hey, in this market right now, I need to take every single phone call, handle every lead. And there is some truth to that. But for that, there still needs to be boundaries. Okay, have your two hours at home that you're going to do family dinner. You're going to put the kids to bed, maybe some time with your spouse. And then if your spouse is okay with it, if you want to work for another hour to return calls, check emails, whatever, that's okay if it works for you and your family. For some people, it's just a firm cutoff at 5 p.m., 6 p.m., whatever, and then no more phone. You could put it in a drawer at home. You could put it on the charger in your room upstairs. There's so many different tactics. You could leave it in your car. But again, you have to figure out what's going to work best for you. Because with any kind of change, if it's something that feels really against the grain and it's really hard to do, you're never going to stick to it unless you have high accountability. But for most people, you just got to find out what's that thing that's going to work for you and then stick to it consistently. Yes. And I think that the putting it in the drawer, no phones at the table, which we have the rule and suddenly we all have our phones. It's true, right? My husband will say no phones at the table and we all have phones at the right. So I think that sticking to that, but I think, look, some of that is setting expectations and quite frankly, it's as simple sometimes. You've reached Marjorie Adam. I'm sorry, I cannot come to the phone right now. During business hours, please dial my office number. If this is between six and eight, my phone will be off as I will be having family time. Any calls received after 8 p.m. or whatever it is will be returned the next business day. There is a way to set expectations that even with clients. So for example, we do that as well too. And it's okay, they're gonna set a 6 p.m. response time. That's not gonna work for me. So we're gonna do a 10 p.m. response time because frankly, I'm not available between six and eight. So I think- If you took a poll of almost anyone who could be listening, I think if any spouse, female, male, doesn't matter, knew that their spouse or significant other or whatever it is, was not going to be on the phone between six and eight because they had family and dinner and help put the kids to bedtime, they are not going to rebel at an eight to nine. I have to negotiate a contract or I must return a call. I just don't think they will because you're sticking to a boundary of complete attention. That's the thing, right? It comes down to expectations, whether it be in your business or in your relationship. Everyone just wants to know what to expect. So when they think that they have access to you all the time, that's what they expect. When you set firm rules, people think it's going to turn people off that you're not available. No, it shows that you're a professional. You would never call some high-end doctor and expect him to answer the phone 24-7. You would think, what, he's got nothing better to do? Like, no, you think you're a professional. You have set working hours. And when that's communicated through, like you said, the voicemail, or you could tell them face-to-face, you could shoot a video that you sent out to all new clients explaining your process and what that looks like. You can have on-call hours with team members where they rotate so it knows, hey, I'm not available, but this is my team member that's here for you. Whatever it is, an auto-response on an email, it always comes down to the expectations and then people feel good when you're consistent and follow them. They also learn how we train them. If people text me at six in the morning and I always answer at six in the morning, what are they going to do? 
If you text me at 1030 at night, now I get texts at 1030 all the time. Now, of course, if it's a team member or a family member, I'm answering, or I might be in bed actually. But if it's a client, I do not answer until eight or 830 the next morning. I'm sorry, I was asleep. In other words, no, because the more I respond, the more I've made that okay. Or stop putting available 24 hours. That's the funniest thing I've ever seen. Are you really? Because I'm about to test you. The next email I get that, I'm going to set an alarm for three in the morning and I'm going to call you and say, ah, apparently you're not. No, we're, we're not Androids, right? We're people. And we yeah. need to sleep. And I'm sorry, I appreciate maybe you could be in another time zone, but then I can't help that. So I think, yes, we've got to capture all the business, but we have to do it in a way that's respectful to ourselves too. Yeah. Another tactic for that, because a lot of people that I hear, they're like, I just don't want them to not get a response. And then for them to go somewhere else, which I totally get, but your email and even your text and your voicemail, all of those can have like auto responses set up. So you set the tone there. Thank you so much for your text message. I'm with my family right now, or this is outside of work hours. I'll respond back at this time. Again, once they know what to expect, they're not going to be upset that you're not available at 10 p.m. They're going to be like, cool, she'll get back to me at 8 a.m. tomorrow. But see, the flip side, too, is if, if you're texting me and I don't know you at 10 saying I need to see a house and if I respond that I'm not available and they say, great, I'll call someone else. I'm like, see ya. Wasn't yeah. your client anyway. And plus, and if I that means it. I'm going to be working with you at 6 a.m. and 10 p.m., no, thank you. And then let's get a little bit more until their time blocked calendar. One thing that I love is busy versus productive. Oh, yes. So this is a huge thing. So there's what we call in motion versus taking action. And both things are really good. And this is where people get really stuck because there's all kinds of busy things that you need to do. You need to make call lists. You need to make a list of people you're going to invite to your happy hour or a list of people you're going to prospect or whatever it is, or you need to make a flyer. There's all kinds of things. But that's not going to directly bring you business. Is it productive? Yes, but it's being in motion. Now, taking action, the difference is that's where the real money comes from. That's when you're on the phone actually talking to someone. That's when you're face-to-face -face with someone. That's when you're at an event. That is, yes, still productive, but that can actually bring you a good return versus the in-motion stuff. That's where if you have the luxury of having a team, you need to delegate, set expectations with the team. They can do that. You can approve everything, but then that only takes five minutes versus five hours. Agreed. So I think we love that because I think, again, high Ds, I mean, look, it was years. I'm embarrassed to say how recently I have a listing manager that helps me with listing stuff because I was so <laughs> good at it, right? Nobody <laughs> could input in an MLS better than me. That is yeah. a huge skill set, right? Yeah. For Margie, I was really good at it. Like you could time me. Speed MLS inputting was my game. But even like things like social media calendars, we're all like, ooh, that we feel good. It's ooh, Columbus Day. And I've got to make sure I talk about National Cookie Day, right? We're like creating this stuff and it's no highest and best use. Taylor's really good at that, right? She's very creative. So I can approve the content. I can say, don't forget cookie day. Cause I'm sorry. That's a very important holiday. I put that above yeah. Valentine's day. I don't have to be the one creating it. So looking at that and our highest and best use, right. And where we are supporting our families and our teams, but we all get like creating a flyer. I have so many people like, Oh, I made the flyer. I'm like, well, that's too bad. What are you talking about? I mean, there can be templates that people can follow. You can do outsourcing of all of that pretty inexpensively versus trying to learn a program that you get sucked into that you're like, you spend five hours on a font. Yes. Oh my God. <laughs> what did you do today? I decided Times New Roman is out. <laughs> Are you kidding me? It's true though. Right. And we're really proud of it, by the way. 
like the one flyer I ever made. I was like, dude, this took six days, but look at this. I got the right shade of green. <laughs> we laugh because it's true. That's the bad part is you think that's not true. Oh, it's true. It's totally yeah. true. All we of us have done this. All right. So now we're heading into 2023, Ashley, yeah. right? New year. And then all of these, oh, I should have. And we look at our goals and theory that we wrote down on a post-it that we found underneath our desk and think, oh, it's time to do that again. What yes. do we need to do to get ready for 2023? Yes, great question. One of the biggest things is goal setting. If you don't have direction of where you're going, then you're just going to end up wherever the wind blows you. So you have to have clarity. You have to know what you want so that you can actually go after it. There's a lot of people that think, oh, I know where I'm going, but it's all in their head. And that's silly. It has to be written down. There's so much science behind that. Not only can you go back and revisit them, but also writing it down just leads to more action that you'll take. There's the law of attraction. There's so much science behind just writing it down and it'll come true. So goal setting, super important. Second thing is you then take that and you break it down into what is the needed activity to get where you want to be. So I personally love a habit tracker. You put all the things on there that you need to do either daily, weekly, or monthly. You have those on there and you have to reassess monthly or quarterly because seasons of life always ebb and flow and change. And if you don't change and adjust with it, you're not going to hit your target. You want to keep the goal, but change the ways that you get there if needed. Goal setting, habit tracker, and the third, probably most important thing is accountability. If you're not super disciplined and able to consistently take action on your own, you have to have accountability. Otherwise, you're never going to be as productive or as fruitful as you want to be. Oh, there's no doubt. So the, most of the realtors, maybe not the lenders, the lenders, I'm not trying to give you guys too much credit. I know you. I'm just saying realtors, it was like, this is great. Don't have a boss and I don't have a schedule and I can work from home. I cannot work. I can show up today. You know what? I'm just not doing it. It's like, we don't necessarily understand the business that we have. So without someone that's holding us accountable, especially if we just work by ourselves, that's the worst. Yeah. Unless you are one in a thousand who's super organized and going to get it done. I know a few, but not many. So the accountability is the same with working out. By now, I have had a trainer for, I don't know, five years. I really should know what the machine does when I go to the gym. I still don't. Or it's go do this and then 10 of these and 12 of those. It's not that hard, frankly, well, but you go in, right? And plus I'd pick up the five pound weight and she's like, pick up the 20 pound weight. We just would. We'd walk yeah. in, we'd be like, wow, this was a lot. I should have lost 830 calories and it's 12. So without that accountability of action in yeah. all aspects and then accountability with life coaching, right? Again, I think a lot of people are like, oh, I can manage this. No, pumpkin. Yeah, can, but it's just, listen, I think the best is the definition of insanity. Do you know what the definition of insanity is? It's doing the same thing over and over, but expecting a different result, right? Here comes January. And what do we all do? Like, by the way, the gym industry, no fitness person is more excited for something than January because January is when the world goes, I'm doing it, right? I am paying that membership fee and 20 days later, they're just going to keep collecting it. So let's talk about if I would like some Ashley T accountability, right? If I know that it's time for me to stop making excuses that I'm still in the same spot with many different things personally, yeah. as well as professionally, how do I reach out to you? Yeah, great question. Whether somebody has problems they're trying to overcome, 
or goals they're trying to achieve and they just need the accountability. Either way, I love any of that. There's so many ways that you can reach out. I'm on social media. So Facebook, Instagram, LinkedIn. My website is lifecoachingwithashley.com. Got to keep it simple. So you can reach out there. There's an intake form that you can fill out just to get a little bit more clarity, but it's not necessary at all. Somebody can just shoot me an email. They can give me a phone call. I'm on Google. So any way that they reach out is fine. And then the first step in the process will always be setting up a 30-minute Zoom call. That's so that we can get to know each other a little bit. I want to make sure this is a very unique, customized coaching with each person. So I want to get to know you. I want to know your problems. I want to know your goals and make sure that it's a mutual good fit because the relationship with either the coach or the counselor and the person is so important. So it's got to be a mutual good fit. And then by the end of the call, I can either say, hey, I'm confident I can help you with this and here's what it'll look like, or I'm not going to just take somebody's money. I'm not interested in that. So if I don't think you really need me, or if I don't think you're going to actually take action to get results, I'm going to tell you that I'm very direct and blunt there. Or if I don't feel that I'm the best person to help in your situation, I have a ton of contacts that I'll refer you out to. So I truly want to do what's best for the clients. I got into this to help people. And yeah, if you feel like you have something that you want to change in your life, or if you need some accountability, or you're just interested, it doesn't hurt to reach out. It's a 30 minute Zoom call, no strings attached. And then we'll just see where it goes. So I can personally account because you have coached me. You're a sweet pumpkin, but when you got to be tough, you're tough. Nice with teeth, which is what you need. I need someone that's going to be nice to me, but I need someone who's going to calm out my BS if I'm making an excuse. And you're very good at that. You're very good at honing down to those things that I need to focus on most. Because I think a lot of us are like, okay, well, I'm a mess here and here and here and here and here and here. Yes. But let's focus on this is going to make the biggest difference here, right? This is going to help all of these things. You're very good at that. I can personally attest. And I will be needing more coaching next year. So I will be reaching out because I think I also love to have you do some things with my team members. Bethany's like, how come every time you do this, you sign us up? I'm like, because you got to help me. So you need help. <laughs> want to improve their lives. That's what yes, it is. Yes, it's true. Listen, I'm a firm believer. I don't care what it is. We can use accountability. Let's oh, be yeah. clear. I'm coached. I have a trainer. I have yeah. my bosses at work. Like I am held very accountable by many people because that's the only way we go to another level. Otherwise Absolutely. we stagnate. Yeah, so. me too. I have a business coach. I have a counselor. I think it's so important. And yes. I don't think you have to be in a desperate place to need it. I think, yes, it's very helpful when you are, but I think everyone could benefit from a coach, just like you can have a personal trainer for the rest of your life. And it's only going to benefit you. Agreed. And now's the time. I think 2023 is the time is never time like the present to make a change. So absolutely. Ashley, thank you so much for joining me on Real Estate Unscripted. I love you to death. I can't wait to see you soon. And you guys, I'm just going to tell you cray cray if you do not give her a call because she's fantastic. (laughs) Thank you so much. Real Estate Unscripted is sponsored by Alcova Mortgage. Alcova is committed to simplifying the mortgage process. Check out the tools we offer to realtors and homebuyers at alcova.com slash realtors. Alcova Mortgage, equal housing lender, NMLS ID number 40508, NMLS Before we go, please show us some love by subscribing on your listening platform of choice and leaving us a review on Apple Podcasts. Make sure you share this with your friends and be sure to listen in next week. Until then, this is Marjorie Adam. Don't forget to check out the show notes for a recap. 
This podcast was made possible by listeners like you. Thank you so much for your support.